is our prayer. Lord, that you would be the foundation to our life, that, that Christ would be the chief cornerstone and everything would square in our lives off of him. Uh, nothing in a juxtaposed position, no, no faulty foundation, certainly not the sand. We've been there, done that. That's miserable. May we build our lives, we pray, on solid rock, which is Christ alone. And when we see the faulty stuff, may we call it for what it is and uh, discard it, get away from it, and uh, rebuild on the solid rock, who is Christ, our hope and our salvation. We pray this in the name of Christ, our Savior. The church resounds. Amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Great job. Thank you, team. Right, guys? Wonderful. Thank you. You've heard the sermon already, just the, the testimonies, right? They're, they're wonderful to hear. I'm going to encourage you to go to Matthew chapter 5, and uh, we're in a series called Blessed Life. And the song Cornerstone really relates, because if you get off, you, you've been in houses that don't have a good foundation, it's, it's sad. You can't repair that house. You're going to keep repairing that house until the foundation gets fixed. So it is in our life. And today what I want to talk to you about, it's, it's just one word. It's the word integrity. You don't have it. It's going to be tough in life. Here's the problem: our generation is really into how we look. Just go down any. I was down an aisle this week in a store. There's a whole aisle just nothing but hair care products. Go down the next one; it's all facial stuff, right? And I look around the store and I ask myself, "Where's the character aisle? Where's the development of discipline aisle?" see, because it's all about image. It's all about achievements, accomplishments, acquisitions, being popular or famous, educated or scrapping your way. We just want to say, I, I did it, and I, I worked my way up the ladder. And Jesus is saying, no, I, I'm more concerned about what's happening in your heart, what's at the core of who you are. It's your inner spirit. That's what God is most interested in. This morning, I'm, I'm going to give to you a, a pile of scripture, and you're going to study it this week. I'll give you the opportunity to do that. But I, we can only get our foot into the water on this one because it seems to be all throughout the scriptures. First Samuel 16, the Lord doesn't look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. That's why when Jesus said, blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. They were pure in, in, in what people could see. They were pure in in the products that are all about image. But the pure in heart, in a word, that's the word integrity. Another biblical term in the Bible for integrity is the word blameless. And about this time you're saying, oh boy, I can never do that. Well, when it's talking about blameless, it's not saying a person of integrity, a person who's blameless is sinless or perfect or makes no mistakes or never has a bad day or never missteps. Not that at all. It means at the core of who they are, there is good intention. There is no mixed motive. We'll talk about that in a moment. God is more concerned really with the direction of your life than he is just in the little disappointments of your life. We focus on those disappointments. God's saying, no, you're on the right track or you're not on the right track. He wants to get us on the right path and then get us facing the right direction. Once you're facing the right direction and moving, then everything from there is progress. That's why when Paul writes to the church in Philippi, he says, brothers and sisters, I don't even consider myself having gained it myself. This is the Apostle Paul. 
I don't even consider that I've taken hold of it. I'm not perfect. He says, it is one thing I do. I forget what's behind me. I press to what's in front of me. I strain toward ahead to win the prize, which is, it, which is Christ in heaven, and it's all Godward. He just wants me in the right path, facing the right direction, going down the right way. That was the way David was described, as a man after God's own heart. Noah was a man of integrity. Uh, Job, a guy who was blameless. None of them were perfect. Moses, again, a, a guy who was known for his meekness, his strength under control. He, they, none of them were perfect guys, but they all had devoted hearts. So if you were to go to the core of who they are, that's what you would find. Now, let me take apart this word integrity for just a moment. I'm going to give you three terms that kind of describe it. Here they are. Wholeness, authenticity, and motivation. Wholeness, authenticity, motivation. Your life is your life. It's not a group of segments of your life. Okay? And here's where you get in trouble. It's when you try to segment your life out. Your life isn't compartmentalized. You're a whole person. I say this, if you've ever been in my office and you're undergoing too much stress, whatever, and, or if I'm having coffee with you and you say, well, I got this and that going in my life. And I always talk about body, soul, and spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5, because that's what the Bible talks about. It talks about, but you're a whole person. You understand this, body, soul, and spirit. If any one of those dies, guess what happens? You're dead. You say, well, I had a really good spirit and emotionally I was doing fine. I'd just been hit by a train, that's all. I mean, it was just a train. Well, okay, you're still going to heaven. Still, you're still dead because the body's gone. See, same thing happens if you, if you sin continually and you have a spiritual issue going on, it's going to affect you emotionally and physically. You, one doesn't stand alone. They all kind of interact. And God treats you as a whole person. And when we compartmentalize our lives, that's when you get into trouble. So the word integrity comes from our word integer, which means oneness or wholeness. Um, we're part of a, of a whole human race. Now we have a lot of diversity within the human race. Different, different teeth, different nails, different hair color, different hair products, different hair, everything. We're just different. Some of us just grateful to have hair. Others, <laughs> others are just jealous, I know, down deep. Like what Tony Campolo said, he was, he, as he's going bald, he says, God likes my face. He's clearing out room for another one on top. <laughs> Okay, Tony, if that's what you want to believe. But you understand, this integrity issue is, is that, that word integer means the wholeness of it. And a lot of people view their life like a pie. And, and so here's what we do. We have this church life, that's Sunday's 9 o'clock. We have um, social life, that's Friday nights or Saturday nights. And then we have our educational life and our business life. And we have our family life. Right, and then we have this other business on the side no one knows about. It's another business, and then we have our uh, a relationship life, and we have our sex life, and then from that we have our secret life over here. No one knows about that because that's a, a door, a closet in our lives that no one gets in, nobody, and we segment all that out, and we think we can manage all that. Here's the problem: you you can't manage it all. You're never meant to manage it all. And would you eat a pie if I handed you a pie? Would you eat a slice of that pie if I said, yeah, I just made this pie for you. I put, there's seven apples in there, and six of them were really good. Only one was rotten. Would you eat that pie? Would you take a chance with one slice? No. Well, that's the way it happens when you segment your life out. Wholeness. 
Number two, it's the word authenticity. Because when you, when you are a person of integrity, you can keep it real. You don't have to play a game. You don't have to pull a scam. You don't have to copy other people. You can be exactly who you are. And if they don't like who you are, it's too bad. That's who you are. It's just being real. If they don't like you, then you, then you need better friends. It's just that. It's just the way you are. It's just who I am. Now, that doesn't mean if you're a jerk, don't work on being a jerk. If you come out of that, you can go to Jerk Anonymous Club or whatever that is. But, but be real. But here's the other thing. When you're authentic, you don't have to worry nearly as much about what you're saying, what you're doing. You don't have masks to wear. In Greek culture, you know, in, in theater, it happened then again later under Shakespeare, but in Greek culture, they had different masks, and the same guy would play different parts, and it's that Greek word, hypocrito. We get our word hypocrite, the guy with different masks. And if you play those mask games, then you're not very authentic. We're not sure who's behind that mask. See? Wholeness, authenticity, third term is motivation, because then you're going to do things, not only do the right thing, but do it for the right reason. There's no mixed motive to it. Nothing. You're absolutely pure in heart, what Jesus said, Matthew 5, uh, verse 8. You're absolutely pure in heart. So you can pray to God. And, uh, have you ever been around people who pray to God, but they pray to God for other people to hear? Then you've been around people who just pray to God because they want to talk to God? Yeah. And have you ever been around a person who just prays to talk to God, and then there are moments that are just silent? But why? Because they're talking to God. They don't have anything to say. Maybe they're listening because it's communication. It's what you do in a relationship. Yeah. The motivation can be not to impress other people, but to have a life of integrity so you are the same when people are looking at you and you're the same when there's no one else in the room. You're the same person. It's really an issue of image versus integrity. You just want to present a good image or do you want a life that's whole and through and through, the real deal? Okay, can I get off track just for a moment? Because we're way behind. We're not going to finish on time anyway. So remember Easter? Remember when you were a kid and you used to get this Easter, this chocolate Easter bunny? Anybody get one of those? Was anybody else ticked when you found out it was hollow? <laughs> I, I mean, anybody else? Please, I'm not alone in this, right? What in the world is that? I got j- gypped somehow. Anyway, is it real through and through? Yeah, and, and this is the reason I, you know, I, I'm with my wife. This is why we don't grocery shop a lot together. I'm looking at a watermelon. How do you know it's not hollow? What is wrong with you? Well, once back in 67, I had this rabbit. <laughs> Got all kinds of issues. So it's this issue between integrity, are you, are you, are you what you say, and is it really the true deal? Or is it all about the image? Okay? Is it about reputation or is it about being real? Is it about the convenience of my life or the character of my life? Is my private life, is it just as, just as clean, just as squeaky clean as my public life is? Because God loves an undivided heart, blameless, life of integrity. Jesus says, that's the person who will, verse 8, see God. Oh. None of us stand a chance apart from Christ because we, we can't measure up. I want to give to you just in, in five minutes, I want to give you a five-fold blessing here of integrity, okay? Here are the blessings of, of a life of integrity. Number one is personal confidence. Personal confidence. You can relax knowing that God will strengthen you and that you're working on your life, but you don't have to impress anybody. You're the kind of person 
that you want to be around because you're working on your life. So you like yourself better because you know you're on the right track. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, Proverbs 10. The integrity of the upright guides him. Get this, when I stand on integrity, I have far less fear of even falling or failing. And if I fail, I know I can get up again. It, it, it actually gives you a confidence that you can do this and, and go to the next step, even when you don't have a perfect day. Secondly, it's the issue of a clean conscience because you keep your servant from also from willful sins. Psalm 19 says it's like a prayer. May they not rule over me. Then I'll be blameless Innocent of my transgression. You see, the real benefit of a life of integrity is that you don't have to look over your shoulder and wonder who's coming after you. You don't have to wonder what it is you said because you, you don't have to remember the story that you, the, the web that you, you're weaving because what you're telling is the truth. When you tell the truth, you don't have to untangle the story. Did you, since we're over time anyway, I might as well tell you the rest of the sermon. So here we go. <laughs> Have you watched 2020 this week? A lady uh, was selling properties that she didn't really own. Anybody else see that? I go, how can you do that? You have to be really brilliant to do this. She found a way to find abandoned houses. It's a national TV program. <laughs> Guess where they found the criminal? Maryland. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Evening News. So, so she's selling properties. So she's had to lie, 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 lie. And then she dangles this lie and owns all these houses, but has not really gone to sheriff's sales, just copied paperwork and stamped stuff and approved it. Then when she doesn't show up for court, she says, I couldn't be in court. Why? Because I was in the hospital. They went and looked at the hospital documents. They were fake too. I'm thinking, you're brilliant. We need to, we need to put you in jail, number one. And then number two, figure out what's going on in your brain because you don't even know when you're telling the truth. That's called self-deceived, folks. That's self-deceived. And if you're a relative of hers, number one, I'm sorry. I, but, but number two, go home and check the documents in your drawer. Because if she sold you the house, you, know, you can move in my basement. So, <laughs> Personal confidence is one benefit. Clear conscience is the other. You don't have to remember what you said when you tell the truth. Number three, life mapping. This one's huge. And by the way, any one of these blessings would be worth being a person of integrity. Life mapping. Blessed are the one whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Psalm 119. Blessed are those who keep the statutes and seek him with all their heart. You get this? When I'm seeking the Lord with all my heart, my way will be blameless. I'll be walking according to the way of the Lord. And when you choose to live above reproach, a life of integrity, you, know, you realize this? Half of your decisions are already made for you. Life just gets better because you know which way to go. Life gets simpler because you have fewer options in front of you. The righteousness of the blameless makes their paths, their paths straight, Proverbs 11 says. Life mapping. Fourth benefit is divine protection. May the integrity and uprightness protect me. God, Psalm 25, because my hope is in you. You understand this. You're not immune from problems when you live a life of integrity. But understand this. You have divine protection when you do the right thing. Daniel did the right thing and hurt him. Joseph did the right thing and hurt him. Boaz did the right thing. Ruth did the right thing. Uh, and in every case, Priscilla and Aquila did the right thing. And there were days that were good, days that were bad. But they had divine protection because they were standing on the cornerstone, the rock of salvation. You see that? It's a wonderful thing. It's a different kind of protection. Number five, it's a lasting legacy. Long after you're gone and you will die and 
and you will be gone and all that will remember are certain high points of your life and your lasting legacy will be one of those things all the stuff that you have all that will decay or go to the dump or the kids will fight over it and then eventually sell it at a garage sale it'll just be gone so happy trails you know but the integrity of what you leave behind your children and your children's children that's what i love about dads moms baptizing their kids or they're you're, they're actually creating a legacy of saying i'm following christ and when a mom and dad gets baptized in here and they have their kids see it that just tells them my, my parents are serious about this see that's a life of integrity it's a wonderful thing and the righteous lead to blameless lives and blessed are their children after them you get that blessed are their children after them every small move you make towards righteousness is a great move it's a great move Here's what I want you to work on this week, Psalm chapter 25, or Psalm 15, I'm sorry. I just read 25. 15. Who may dwell, it's on the back of your notes, and I'm not going to preach this, what I'm going to ask you to do is this. Who may dwell in your most sacred tent, who may live in the holy mountain, or in other words, who's going to see God? This is Matthew 5, 8, right? Who's going to see God? I'll tell you who it is. The one whose walk is blameless and does what's right. It's the pure in heart. So what's the application of this? This is the person who knows right from wrong, does the right thing. You understand this? What I want you to do this week is with, with Psalm 25, or 15, I'm sorry. Write this off to the side. Write down the implications of this or the observations of this. Who's going to dwell there? Uh, those who know right from wrong. Verse 2, who speak the truth from the heart. Honest people will get to see God. Verse 3, whose tongue honors no slander. People who don't bash other people person who knows how to hold his tongue um, who does no wrong to his neighbor who does not take advantage of people that's who gets to see God that's who's pure in heart that's a person of integrity write down all those observations once you do that this week with small groups too, community groups and then when you're done with that then go back through Psalm 15 again and when you do then begin to illustrate oh yeah I did this I could have done that I should have done this you just illustrate it with each other tell the stories and then thirdly go through that Psalm again a third time and to make it your prayer. God, may I be the person who tells the truth, treats my neighbor respectably above reproach, is kind to those who are less fortunate. Make that the prayer of your life. Do you know what? If you go through that psalm three times in community group this week, I'm going to encourage you to do it. You can do it in your daily quiet time. If you'll do that three times, I'm telling you, that's the start of beginning to meditate on God's word. And that's the start of you getting this heart of integrity that's blameless, who seeks heart after God, and you do so with a pure heart. And you'll find the Lord extinguishing stuff from your life. It's no longer tasteful to you because you've tasted and seen that the Lord really is good. Now, I'm going to close in prayer, but I'm telling you, this is all impossible apart from knowing Christ. John chapter 3, you're born of the flesh. You also need to be born of the Spirit. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, this is a good time to embrace him in faith. I encourage you to do that. Let's bow for prayer. Gracious Father in heaven, you are high and lifted up and you alone are holy and pure and right and blameless in all your ways. And when we, when we even talk about this, we realize how impossible this is apart from Christ. Right where you're seated, you may realize after seeing the baptisms today, you, you may realize I've never made the commitment to follow Christ myself. I've always thought I was a Christian. Right, right now, seal the deal. 
Just tell God, God in heaven, I know I'm a sinner. I need Jesus to be my savior. If you'll make that your prayer. Forgive me of my sins. I want Christ in my life. And I, I, I know I'll always be mixed in motives, so purify my heart. Please, I pray. And for all of us, Lord, for all of us, get us on the track, keep us on the track, keep us headed the right way for all the right reasons because we want to be people who are pure in heart. And we pray this in the name of Christ, our Savior. Amen.